everyone and welcome to Show Hoppers Lost Season 1 Episode 3. Spoiler warnings for Lost Up Until Now and for The Leftovers uh, Season 1 Episode 3 and everything prior. Uh, I'm Kurt, I'm here with Mr. Sal. Hello! And we're talking about Lost, so I'm just going to get right into it. Mr. Sal, what are your thoughts on uh, Season 1 Episode 3, Tabula Rasa? <laughs> Are you sure you said that right, Kurt? I we're gonna go with Tabula Raza. I'm pretty sure it's Raza. Okay, Tabula Raza. Okay, yeah. So um, I loved this episode. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Maybe, maybe a little on the nose. Maybe a little. um, uh, How do I want to say this? On the nose is probably the best way to say it. Um, But other, but I, I loved it. You know, it's it's. It's a very thematic episode. They they pick a theme and they stick with it throughout the whole episode, um, which does make the episode a little bit predictable. But I'm okay with that because I love thematic episodes. So, uh, and we'll talk about what the themes are. But I'm I'm a big fan of this episode. Um, so you don't have a lot of selling me on this episode. <laughs> what was your IMDb rating of this episode? Oh, I I forgot to to have that Ooh. handy. Oh yeah, no. we always have to look up the IMDb ratings, don't we? Um, so yeah, my IMDb rating on this one, uh, if I'm recalling, was just about the same as the previous one, which I think I gave an eight. Think, yeah, you said an eight. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying oh, to say nine, oh no! Wait a minute. I, a I gave it a nine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. Every wow. episode better than the last. This keeps up, and this is, this is this is. <laughs> Uh, absolutely my favorite of the three that we've seen. I, I would agree with that as well. I think this is the better one as well. On on the Kurt scale, uh, eight. No, okay, but, but eight on the five Kurt being scale. Five average. Yeah, so we don't, <laughs> we'd have to redefine it every time. But yes, five yeah. being the average. Right. Eight. Okay. And for me, the average is 6.5. So. Oh, wait, six. <laughs> right. So for for me, seven and six is kind of the, the, the breakoff point there. Seven is... Uh, I'm okay with this and six is boy they they got another ch- they've got like one more chance to to make me like this um so so no I think that uh, we're we're on the same page here a Kurt eight is about the same as a Salon nine so that's pretty good so um let's talk about some like the smaller storylines and then we'll get into like the big main one that happens yep. most of this is just the main storyline though so, oh yeah um, I mean I'll, I'll let's talk about uh Michael and Walt and then Vince, this kind of a thing with John Locke, Michael, and Walt. We see. Yes. And, well, we can talk about. There's something I know you want to talk about. John Locke at the end. We can talk about that at the end, though. We'll talk. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll talk about it at the end. Talk about at the end. But beforehand, you know, we find out what the secret was. What John Locke's secret was, and it was uh, word for word. Uh, what's it? A miracle happened. A miracle happened to him, is what Walt tells Mike. Yes. What do you think that miracle is? Well, I, I think Mike uh, is under the assumption that he's talking about surviving the plane crash, um, beca- because he doesn't he say to Walt at that point, um, well, "Yes, a miracle happened to all of us." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So we know clearly what Michael is thinking. Is it Michael or Mike? You call him Mike. I'm sure. <laughs> Mike. Matters. All right. We're we're at, we're on a colloquial. Uh, <laughs> abbreviated name basis i guess yeah um so uh now mike is under the assumption that he uh is talking about uh, surviving the plane crash um i don't think that is the case i think there's more to it than that i think that 
that John Locke is talking about a miracle other than just surviving the plane crash. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's not much of a secret. Um, now, I've, I have no idea what that could be. I don't, I don't think that it's even really worth speculating on because we know so little <laughs> about John Locke at this point. We learn a little more, though. <laughs> We learn a little bit more. We learn he's a very good whittler. Yeah, he whittled out a whistle to get the dog back. Like, Which I thought, I mean, what a guy. I know. Right? And, I mean, and he give, yeah, yeah, like, we can kind of tell Michael doesn't like John Locke. He's like, don't, don't talk to that creepy guy. Or don't, don't talk to him. You know? Yeah. But then, you know, you know, he makes this whistle, right? Gets the dog and then just, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and then he doesn't even take credit for it. He gives Mike that opportunity to uh, to let's say start fresh with his son uh which is going to be the theme of the episode um but he gives him that opportunity he doesn't take it away because he could have very easily just handed the dog over to walt and become walt's father figure (laughs) not his father his father figure though because i mean Walt, walt doesn't seem all that attached to mike um and he does seem somewhat attached to, to Locke. So um, he could have done that. And, and he would have had a, a, like a foster child on the island, you know. Um, but he didn't. So, I, I mean, all I can think of of John Locke at this point is what a guy. John Locke, he's the best. <laughs> you can't help. I, I'm so, sure there's nothing malicious about anything he does. Uh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, that, uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, also, just the just the idea of just making the dog whistle, just whittling it down. Just that's cool. But um, I, I mean, really, I, in all honesty, like I I didn't I didn't see it coming. I didn't know that's what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. You just you just think he's whittling. But, but as know. soon as as soon as he blew the whistle, um, I, I knew exactly what he was doing, and especially since he was facing the jungle, um, when he did it, which. You know, at that point, I'm thinking, "Oh my goodness, is he? He's gonna find the dog, and uh, pull Walt further away from Mike." So when he went and and gave and brought the dog to, well, he didn't bring the dog to Mike. He told Mike where to find the dog. Um, that was a pretty major subversion of my expectations. Uh-huh. Um, that was not what I was expecting at all. So, and I was, and I actually really, I mean, as if I didn't love John Locke enough to begin with, I really won me over to his side. Yeah, there you go. Um, other side characters for, for this episode, at least, uh, we learned about Claire a bit. She's single and yeah. that's what we already expected because she didn't seem to be grieving. Right. Uh, I think that's about anything Claire related. Hold on. Yeah. We, we need to talk a little bit more about Claire. Not, not a ton. But um, we need to at least acknowledge the fact that she's still alive, having eaten the sea urchin. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Your your sea urchin sea urchin theory. Yeah. So uh, so I I have to say, I'm at at the same time uh, surprised and a little bit disappointed that nothing was uh, was done with that Mm storyline because they made a pretty big deal of it in episode two. Uh, this uh, this sea urchin thing, you know, he really tried. Uh, son, uh, son's the wife. No, no Jin. Okay, Jin, so yeah. Jin is really trying to push it on Hurley, mm-hmm. and Hurley's not having any of it. And they really made us made a point to show us that Jin was really pushing this stuff. Um, and we know that Claire ate it. So 
Uh, I'm very surprised to see Claire still alive, or, or at least not sick, or uh, in fact, just seemingly no consequences and, and really not anything anything yeah, mentioned. Yeah, pregnant and well. I think, and I wanted to talk about the cons next, right? Is he still your least yeah. favorite? You still, you still don't like Jin? Well, I still have written here, Jin is the worst. <laughs> so he, he said, I love you, the son. Yeah, after he, uh, telling her that she's filthy and she should go wash. I mean, hygiene's still important. You don't want to get diseased. I mean, that's, he's just being, um. I, I don't think he just said it as nicely as that. You don't, you know, you don't speak the language. Tone, tones can be different in different languages. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the loving tone in uh, whatever language they speak. I'm not actually quite okay. sure. Do like, do you have an actual defense for Jin, or is, is he? No, like, no, not really. No, he's no. he's scum. He's he's. I'm not not a fan of Jin. He's of Jin. still the worst. It's also that that weird scene of just when Michael's uh running like, he, when he first goes out to look for the dog. He's like, oh, when once it stops raining, I'll go look. Immediately yeah, stops yeah. raining. And then and goes out, immediately but, stops raining. Yeah, run. Then he like he's in the woods. He runs away, and then he like walks into sun, like cleaning himself. I mean, just that's just a weird scene to me because he's like, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> like yeah, kept looking. I was like, what are you doing? Oh. Now I, I I do have to say though, okay, um, we got to talk about the the rain stopping immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean clearly. There's something unique about this island. There are polar bears here. Uh, there's a radio signal. There's a polar bear. What's not? Okay. I, I guess I'm assuming that Mike was running from another polar bear, but maybe I'm wrong. So there's at least a polar bear here. Um, there's a, a radio signal that's been sent out for 16 years. Uh, there's this thing that knocks over trees and kills airplane pilots. Um, and so there's something. There's something going on here that's, uh, I don't want, I, I mean, I guess we, I'll call it supernatural in that it is beyond our understanding of the natural. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm not ready to say that it's, you know, ghosts or spirits or monsters or anything like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that it is beyond our understanding of what is natural. Okay. Um, so I, I can't help but have the feeling that when Mike says, I'll go look for him as soon as the rain stops and the rain immediately stops, that that is in some way, the Island actually responding. Uh, to I thought it was just for the comedy of it, but that, okay. That's I, two, two different outlooks. Okay. So I, I, I think that you're absolutely justified in thinking that. Um, and it is possible that it was just for the comedy of it. Um, but I know Damon Lindelof well enough to know that everything happens for a reason. That's the tagline for season two of Lost, I think, according to the movie posters. Um, and so to me, that's a very intentional choice um, to further indicate that there's something with this island that is beyond our understanding of what mm-hmm. is natural. That's fair enough. Okay. So. Uh, I, I think that is there any other like side storylines besides that? Uh, don't branch out from the main I, I don't think so there's there's one other thing that i wanted to mention huh? um it's it's connected to the main though I, i'm assuming that the the main uh is um i assume that you're talking about the kate story right yeah like kate with like jack and the marshall and 
all that. We can go that in chronological order of like what happens. Yeah, case. we we should. Um, but I, I guess yeah, let's just do that because the only other th- I wanted to say something about Sawyer uh, and the fuselage, but um, that really is connected to the main story anyway. Yeah, that, that's about the Marshall kind of. Yeah. So yeah, well, let's go to the kind of early on. We see some looting, and we see the people like um Said. Shannon, Boone, Sawyer, Kate, and Charlie. So the six of them were out there. They had done the transmitter thing last episode, saw the 16-year signal, and they debated whether telling the group of the situation. And so they, they decide not to. Yeah. What and actually, does, I want to talk about this at some length, so keep going. Oh, um, okay, so they do that. Do you want me to like, you mean keep going on about the story? That, that scene, I think oh, that is hugely important. Uh, I'm trying to. Think. What else happens in that scene? I mean, they just agree. Well, no, not that to... that's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is this is important uh, to the to really everything that's that's going on here. Um, the, no one's going to tell. They they make like a, a kind of a pact mm-hmm. not to tell anyone about that transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, and the comment is because they don't want them to lose hope. Um, and I think. I think it's Saeed that says that, right? I'm not sure, but it sounds like a Saeed thing to say. Says, I mean, Saeed is, you know, I, he's, he's a he's, survivalist. He's the one he's, you want. He's a ride or die. I, I love Saeed. Um, and he is, uh, he says something to the, to the effect of, uh, we don't want to take their hope away. Hope is a very dangerous thing to lose. Um, and, and that to me struck a major chord. Um, and I think that, I think about uh, that in context of, you know, uh, our actual world and, and the idea of uh, figures of authority knowing things that maybe we don't know uh, mm-hmm. because it's dangerous to take away our hope. Um, That's true. Yeah. A lot of government secrets out there. Probably yeah. I, I mean, I don't too. want to get too conspiracy theory-ish, um, but you know, just the idea of, you know, I, I, I can, you can think of COVID-19 if you want, you know, there, there are, I'm sure things that we don't know about it mm-hmm. that might actually help except that they would take hope away from us. Yeah. 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 The government redacts a lot of things in general, like when they release reports and it's just. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so that, that's an, it's an interesting theme that, that I hope that they do more with, um, because I, I'd love to see more done with that. By the way, um, before that scene, we do uh, come to understand that we had talked last time, or maybe it was the first episode, about what the flight was, where was it going from and to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find it, we I know for sure now that it's Sydney to Los Angeles. Okay. So. Wait, yeah. Did they say that? I I, I don't. They did. They did. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't catch yeah. up on that. Sydney okay. To Los Sydney yeah. to Los Angeles. Uh, in that same scene, we see a. Kate gets the gun. Uh, in a really, I mean, it's a what's it called situational irony. Like us, the you know viewers, are looking at that. Like, no, don't give Kate the gun. She's the criminal that was with the marshal. No, but you know they don't know that. They everyone's like, give Kate the gun. We all trust Kate. And that's that's the key. They they all trust her. And I, I mean, of course, that's intentionally done. It's intentionally done that we know that she's the criminal. Mm-hmm. And actually, at that point. Jack and Hurley know too. I don't yes, know. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, and that storyline. And what I really want to talk about is Hurley versus Jack and how they take, because they're the only two that know Kate's a criminal besides the Marshal. They're the only yeah. two that know, and yeah. how each of them 
react to it. Um, we Hurley, the scene where Hurley talks to Kate is so funny to me. He's like, <laughs> whoever's scared, he like sees the gun. He's like, oh, I gotta go get some water. <laughs> I gotta go get that water now, but that's interesting because I mean it was funny. But my thought when when Hurley left Kate there, he knows Jack's not there to protect the marshal. He know he knows now he's not going to be there to protect the marshal, and he's basically choosing to leave Kate alone with the marshal. Mm-hmm. I mean that's true. I, I he seemed pretty scared, so I, I mean I don't think he was. He, he just wanted. He does. He just so wanted I don't get away think, from Kate. I don't think his reaction is one of. Uh, righteousness or self-righteousness oh, definitely not. Or, or, or judgment i think his reaction is one of fear which is a, a, a little bit i guess defining for hurley because uh i i kind of assumed that between jack and hurley one of them would take the uh i don't know the the okay. kind of pontificatory tone of you know that she's a criminal we need to you know put her under i don't know if you'd call it house arrest island arrest i guess uh until this guy wakes up and can tell us what to do um but hurley doesn't take that path and neither does jack for that matter um jack's path is one that is, is not all that surprising uh but hurley's to me did surprise me a bit because i did think that um rather than fear there would be some more uh righteousness there so let's talk about what Jack does uh, different than Hurley, right? So Jack believes throughout the whole episode, like, it doesn't matter what she did. We're on this island now. Gotta do what we gotta do. And Jack's, you know, he's like the Clark Kent, super good guy. And I think this is the episode where I, I probably started liking him more than I did before because they show flaws in him being this good moral character, especially with the Marshall, obviously. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you still dislike Jack a lot? Like, I, um, Wait, Jack is Jack is still, better though here. I guess Jack is still one of the less interesting characters to me. Yes. Um, I think that I do want to talk more about his interactions with the marshal and, and, and everything he's going through mm-hmm. with the marshal, um, because that does that's that's an interesting moral quandary that he's mm-hmm. in. I don't think that makes him an interesting moral character. That's true. Um, I think that he is in an interesting moral situation. Um, I should better sure. say, I like the role Jack's, the niche Jack plays in the show. Like, I like Shannon's niche she plays. Obviously, I don't like Shannon as a character. Uh, even Jin. I, I don't know how obvious that is. Uh, okay. But I like the niche he plays, kind of. He's this good leading figure, right? Always trying to do what well, is arguably the right thing. Morally, usually the right thing. Kind of, I guess. I, the, 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 the Marshall one's definitely um, up for debate. But um, we can, uh, you can. Well, I think that I think that Jack is supposed to be uh, our surrogate on the island. Um, Mm. I think Jack is supposed to be the character that we most, maybe maybe not the one that we most relate to, but the one that we most aspire to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think too many people probably want to be uh, Sawyer or John Locke or. I, mean, I want to be Saeed. I don't know about you. I, that's true. I, I'd like to be Saeed as well. But, but you know, Jack is kind of the 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 lens through which we're seeing the whole story, uh, and the the one that's easiest to latch on to because you can almost see yourself being him if you had any kind of medical acumen. Um, 
so I think that that's maybe what you're talking about when you talk about the niche that he's filling. Um, and that's, that's fine. I think that's great. Uh, and I think that it was interesting to put that person in this situation where he had to make a very difficult and questionable moral judgment, moral call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, that's where I land on him. Uh, I don't think he's any more or less interesting as a character really. Uh, but I think that that situation that he was in was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, back, back to when Kate, so Kate, actually, we didn't even talk about this yet. Kate confesses to Jack about the 16 here message going against the group. Kind of yep. Jack is kind of the quasi leader. I will say though, Saeed was doing some leading, you know, this episode, he led that group out. And when he came back, he tried, you know, splitting them into three groups. Yep. And whatnot. So. Yeah, Jack, yeah. Food, electronics, and what was the other group? Shelter, water, something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I don't know. The three groups, yeah. Three, he was trying to organize them. Yes. They're doing yeah. stuff. Um, but anyway, Kate confesses to Jack the 16-year message. And while she does that, Jack kind of... I mean, he, he takes it, processes it, and then kind of says, Anything else? Like, like if, if you were a criminal, you could tell me. Like, you know, anything you, you, you can tell me? And Kate doubles down, of course, and you know doesn't say anything. Oh, yeah. So, so Kate is kind of honest with Jack. She shares with him something that's of, of great value and v- supposed to be very secret, uh, right? Uh huh. Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah the six right. Uh, but she won't tell him the whole truth. Now, Jack, meanwhile, keeps his secret hidden. I mean, he could just as easily say to Kate, you know. I appreciate you your honesty with me. I want to be honest with you too. I know about your criminal past, but he doesn't. Um, and Kate could also obviously say, you know, I know about your criminal past, or this is my criminal past. Um, and she doesn't either. But to me, I, I was a little bit more, I was a little bit more judgmental of Jack in that situation than I was of Kate. I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, to me, uh, Jack is the one who probably ought to be saying, I know about your past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were honest with me. I want to be honest with you. I know about your past. Uh, unless he plans on holding that against her, which he never really seems to. Uh, there's, some, there's some indignation in his, his look and in his tone when she doesn't tell him, I suppose. But, uh, but really, uh, she... she exposed herself and 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 she really uh shared with him something that was of value and that she shouldn't have shared uh and i think he kind of owed her uh to be the um initiator of that conversation rather than look to her to do it Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that i I agree i think yeah okay uh so we can now now the uh Let's talk about the sheriff some more, or not sheriff, Marshall some more, Martin. and then that fuselage scene, kind of, or in the plane scene, whichever it is, where Sawyer's looting and Jackson there trying to get some stuff. Yeah. So the Marshall, he's injured. He's he's been uh they got rid of the piece of shrapnel that was in him, and right now he's fighting off infection. Yeah. Like big fever and whatnot, and there's. A big morality question on what to do about the marshal. His chance of survival is. I mean, at at that point, 
not slim, but it's not great. Not terrible, I guess. But Jack's pumping him with a lot of uh, the drugs that they have. And, you know, he's trying to take care of him and using yeah. a lot of resources to do so. So then he has to go to the plane to get more resources. Where he meets Sawyer, who's been looting the plane on and off, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he's been, you know, getting booze, cigarettes, Playboys, as he said. Yeah. And uh, Which, by the way, <laughs> you know, Sawyer wants to do do that. I say, go for it, dude. I'm, like, I'm, I'm with the still... Uh, now... I don't think you should greedily like you shouldn't loot and then keep all the loot for yourself because then you're gonna look like a mad dash. I guess to find a mad dash because people just don't want to deal with the dead bodies and stuff. So maybe, mean, maybe you can just do that. If I, I'm a pro looting. I'm pro looting. If it's yeah. food, water, medicine, then yeah, you better share with everyone. That's fair. Yeah. He wants to go in and take the cigarettes and alcohol and Playboys. Go for it. I, I have no yeah. problem. With that. But yeah, yeah, he's I, going around. He's been looting, and he really no. He he's kind of the more pragmatic view if we're being honest here, about, you know, you're using all these resources on the Marshall, and he's barely, like, alive. Best case, you save him, but you waste all this medicine that could be used to, like, to help more of the able-bodied people here, and there's still a lot of people, you know, there's... But uh, he told the pilot how many survivors there were, 40, 50-something, I can't remember, but mm-hmm. sizable chunk group of people, yeah. you know, and stuff will and, probably happen. Those That yeah. medicine can be really useful. Yeah, the exact line that Sawyer uses is, how many of those pills are you gonna are you gonna use fixing him up, right? Uh, you're not, you're, and then later he says you're just not looking at the big big picture, which like those those lines really struck a chord with me. Uh, that I mean, this is my fault. This is this is on me. How I was not thinking of that beforehand, I'm really not sure because it was right there, uh, and I just. I either ignored it or didn't see it. So when Sawyer says that, then I start to think, yeah, really is what you're doing right now. I mean, I know you're a doctor and you're supposed to try to save people and first do no harm and all that, but uh, are you, are you sacrificing the whole group for the sake of this one guy who's probably not going to live? Yeah. Are you really doing the right thing? Are you really yeah. doing a good thing? So I, I really like that. Uh, oh, I loved it. I, 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 and that puts Jack in this moral position uh, where he has to choose what's, what is the best moral decision to make. And that is incredibly interesting. Even if Jack Mm -hmm. isn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's cut. You want to talk about Kate's background a bit, or do you want to just get to the end of the Marshall here? Um, No, I I do. I do want to talk about Kate's backstory. Okay. So we meet, I don't know if they formally say his name, but his name is Ray. Ray, yeah, they yeah, do. Okay. Oh, yeah, they, they don't do. in the first scene, but eventually they say Ray. So yeah, Ray the farmer. Uh, the first scene we see, she was hiding out on his farm overnight for yep. probably nefarious reason. We don't know why she's out there. I guess, but on the run, we can only presume. And Ray takes her in, lets her work and pays her a fair wage, and she mm-hmm. takes her money and hides it in a can in his pantry. I think, and yep. Life looks great, and then Kate tries to slip away, and Ray... So, before we even get to that, what are your thoughts on Ray, in terms of... Well, I want to talk about Ray and Kate before we get to her slipping away. So, um, the one note that I made about Ray was, like, that they made made him have a prosthetic limb, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not quite sure why, because usually... If you're going to present that early in the 
you know, it's, it's Chekhov's gun, right? If you show the gun in act one, mm. it's going to go off in act three. Right. So if, if you show the prosthetic limb in act one here in act three, it should play a role. And I, I know it later in, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but later she's going to try to drag him by that limb and the limb's going to separate, but it doesn't really change anything. So I'm, I'm a little confused by that unless there's a good reason for it. Did you see a good reason for them showing us that he has a prosthetic limb? Uh, the, the biggest thing I can think of is when uh, Kate's fighting her for the steering wheel, or fighting him for the steering wheel, he can't, like, he can he has to drive with one hand, and he can't really fight her. His, okay. his, uh, he doesn't have another hand, right? So he, he, he's just kind of, like, push, like getting pushed around, and, like, you know, trying to use his body weight. I mean, that's about it. I, yeah. I'm trying to think on how they could use... um. The prosthetic arm in an actual way i i can't really so I, I yeah i don't think he just did it as part of a character thing i don't I, know if the actor really doesn't have an arm he probably oh, does. i mean i, I guess that's possible that the actor just doesn't have uh, he probably has an arm though i feel like and uh, sure. um but i i suppose that it, it makes him uh it, it better shows us why he needs help on the farm that's true as well yeah what's that that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So uh, there, there are minor reasons. It seemed like it was going to be something a lot bigger than that. So, but I, I'm, it's fine. I forgive them. <laughs> so, or, or maybe I'm overlooking something. But what I like about this, this setup, is that both Kate and Ray seem very trustworthy. Both Kate and Ray seem like they're existing in a mutually beneficial relationship um, and they seem to respect each other. So it's, it does to me, what that scene does is it tells me that even though Kate is a criminal, that doesn't mean that we can't trust her. It doesn't mean that she is a horrible person. Uh, it just means that she did something awful. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I think that's a very useful scene in that regard. That you know, if she was truly nefarious, if she was truly a bad person, an evil person, you know, had awful intentions, you know, she would have slit Ray's throat in the middle of the night and just you know lived on the farm by herself or something. <laughs> yeah, loot the farm or something. Yeah, that's or, true. You know, robbed whatever she could and and taken off, uh, and she never did that. Uh, so, and in fact, we see the opposite later maybe, on. <laughs> we see the opposite later on. So it, th this, this is important. This background story is important for us uh, in establishing that Kate is not, even though she's a criminal, she's not a bad person. She's not cold hearted. Yeah. We don't know what she did, but she's not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so sneaking out now, if you want. Yeah. So she sneaks, she takes the money, raises it out. I'll drive you tomorrow. You know, don't worry. Don't have to sneak out. And then Ray sold her out. What are your thoughts on that? Ray selling her out for the he got a big mortgage, you know. That's car that's um I always get the name of the gun. Oh, <laughs> there you go. He mentions the mortgage. Mortgage is why he sold her out. Well, I tell you what, I I I had a little bit of a problem with Ray doing this. Um but later on seeing that Kate does not have a very big problem with him doing it, uh that made me a lot more okay with this. Um I think that I think it's understandable for Ray to want that money. Mm -hmm. I think that it is forgivable for Ray to do this. Although uh, it does say, it does tell, tell us, you know, who we've got a criminal and an innocent farmer living in the house together. 
who is going to uh, be the sneaky betrayer here. Yeah. And it's interesting that it is the innocent farmer that is the sneaky betrayer. Yeah, Ray, Ray got her good. And then, well, what we've been singing Kate's praises, Kate did kind of crash the car. And yes, he, she did save Ray's life after kind of putting him in danger. But, you yeah. know, he still looked really banged up. And uh, she still got caught. Partially, I mean, the Marshall even makes the key point to say, you would have gotten away if you didn't try to save Ray. Yep. Uh, just to really let us know that, yeah, she gave herself up. So, yeah. Right, that's, a, that's a really good scene, though. I agree. It's a really good scene just to show that Kate is not a bad person. She's at least not, like, a cold-hearted criminal. I don't know what she does. Maybe she likes to... I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of a crime <laughs> off the top of my head, but... Yeah. One of the things that the Marshall also says to, to Jack is that she will do anything to get away. Now he's seen this firsthand. You know, he's he has seen, even though she saves Ray, she's seen him. She's he has seen her crash Ray's truck, mm-hmm. who's obviously somebody that she cares about because she takes the time to save him when she could have gotten away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of a, a misconception on the Marshall's part to say that she'll do anything to get away. She won't leave Ray for dead, but she will crash his truck. Uh, now, however, <laughs> I think that there's some level of sympathy that I have for Kate. Uh, when you've got the marshal pulling up alongside of her and then finger shooting her, I know. <laughs> oh, to to me, uh, smug as a bug in a rug. That guy, I'm telling you, he's so happy. I only wonder. Have you ever seen him catch me if you can? Uh, I actually, haven't. Okay, well, you understand the premise. I do, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, people are smug in that because they, of what ha- I don't know. Yeah. This, a lot of similar smuggery. Sometimes people think they've caught someone caught. They're like, ha I've got you. <laughs> and then they don't catch you. Or someone gets away. Oh, I've gotten away. Ha-ha. Oh, you didn't really get away the way you thought you did. So. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of, just the, the smugness. Oh, yeah. The He's smug for sure. And, and to the point, actually, where I was actually questioning whether or not he was an actual marshal. Oh, I guess that's, yeah, that's an idea, but I, well, I, I think he really is a marshal, though. He, I he, think so, too. Yeah. On the plane, he has the badge, the handcuffs, mm-hmm. the gun, everything else, the the, the poster. Uh, but, well, may, you know, I don't know, because in Australia, he just pulls up alongside of her. He's plain clothes. He, he seems like a true scumbag. And really, I wonder if maybe, is he a bounty hunter? Mm-hmm. You know, is someone who, you know, found this criminal and and is going to bring them back because uh he wants the money uh i don't think so i think he actually is a marshal but i don't know what kind of backstory kate has with that particular marshal so it is very possible that she may not know that he is there to arrest her but maybe she does think that he's there to kill her oh that's true yeah he doesn't she might not quite know it's and he's finger crushing. shooting. Uh, the finger shooting really got me. <laughs> That's what really got you. I just imagine like Kate's been on the run for years. They've been trying to catch her. This guy's been part of this case trying to find her and get her. And it's been a year, so he's just uh, elated. Maybe she's even gotten away from them before. Like he was inches away, and then she uh, yeah. ran yeah. off. That's just what I imagine is why he's so smug, but maybe not. Maybe he's only been looking for her for like two days and got her. He's just so happy. 
and, and that, maybe that's maybe that's the reverse. Maybe he thought it was going to take years. Got her in two days. Super happy. He's like, huh. yeah, maybe. <laughs> Easiest catch maybe. of my life. Wait till the boys back home hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> the mythical Kate. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but the now at one point though, so, somehow Kate's alone with the marshal. I think that's when Hurley left. And yes. Marshall attacks Kate. Yeah, yeah. He like gets up. Caesar starts trying to choke her. Yeah, yeah. And then like Jack runs in. Yeah. So uh, and that's I when mean, Jack admits that he knows Kate's a criminal. Right. Yes. Uh, it, it, what do you think's going through Jack's mind when he comes in and sees the the sheriff or the marshal? I keep saying sheriff. The marshal was it? You know, choking her out. If I was Jack, my point of view would be Kate was trying to, like, do something to this man. Because we, we know that Jack is unaware she has a gun. No one tells Jack the whole time. Because the right. second he finds out, he immediately <laughs> runs back to the marshal a little too late. But he does, you know, go back. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I had the same, I, the same idea. That when he came in, he must have assumed that Kate was attacking the marshal. But he doesn't reprimand her for it. Exactly. So, so maybe not. Um, I think that I think Jack has something of a blind spot for Kate. That's what I say. Do you think he? Yeah, he, he likes her. He fancies her. So, do you so, think so? I mean, I, I, well, you know, I don't. Um, I, I guess I think there's an undertow of romance there. Maybe not even just romance, but just likes her. It doesn't have to be even romantic. But okay, just, all right. But well, I think that he definitely, well, fancies her implies romance that's true yeah that was a bad <laughs> but i i think they do care for one another i don't i don't know if there's a romantic interest there or not but it definitely seems like there's some sort of underlying uh regard for one another yeah they care each other they care about each other more than they do for most of the other survivors like uh, yeah episode so, one she yells jack here. all the time yeah this is ev- that's evidenced here both ways you know jack uh, doesn't assume that Kate was trying to kill the marshal, and Kate tells Jack about the radio signal mm-hmm. that she wasn't supposed to tell anybody about. Yeah. So I, I think that that there's clearly a, a relationship here um, that needs to be. Uh, I do uh, like to think though that um, because they showed us that on the scene, but I like to think that she went to everyone individually, uh, off camera to tell them, "Hey, I have a secret to tell you." No, absolutely know. not. You're wrong. <laughs> I know. Cut <laughs> <laughs> everyone off camera and tell. Not them. only did she not do that, that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> so, I don't know if I, if I was a TV producer, I think that might be my number one idea right there. I'd say, hey, let's. Oh well, this I is. Why I do. I would try to do as much as possible off camera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. oh like no. like like when uh, when they get Vincent back, you just see him whittling the whistle, and then like next scene you see he has the dog back. And go, yeah, I use the whistle to get the dog back. Yeah, that's it. You just need to know. This is this is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back back to it. We're nearing the end here. So, yeah, but you mentioned that um, Jack finds out that Kate has a gun, mm-hmm. uh, except that she doesn't have the gun anymore. Yeah, she did not use the one bullet <laughs> they had left. And instead, she gave the gun with the one bullet to Sawyer. So, do you think Sawyer's in the right? Like, listen, they really, I mean, the writers, I think, are definitely trying to make you lean in away from Jack here in this episode. Because 
you hear him getting yells of agony. Everyone, like you show, it shows people being uncomfortable, like just the other survivors with the marshal yep. just yell. I've never been in so much pain or like infection where I like moan in agony like that. And that that's a scary thought to me. Just like <laughs> you're in so much pain, you're just like going, oh, like just oh, that sounds so terrible. And then, so you're but, kind of I, does the deed. Right. So, but at one point, doesn't somebody say to Jack, will he live? And Jack says, no. No. Yeah, he does. He straight up says the man will not live, but he's right. still going to, you know. They're going to try. Yeah, he's still going to try. He's still going to keep him alive because he's a doctor and that's what he does. He's not going to yeah. just kill him. Right. So, but Sawyer decides to take matters into his own hands. He's going to be the one to to put the guy out of his misery and uh, bring about that much relief for everyone else, uh, except that he does it wrong and shoots him in the lung. Yeah, I really, I really love that scene because did you yeah. see Sawyer's face when he realized when like he kind of like makes some noise, the marshal, and it's you know he's not dead yet. Like the the face of distraught he gets, and then even after when they show all the characters and stuff again, he still looks really distraught. Like yeah. I think it's a really human, like, because up until now, so he's like that bad boy, like, you know, living on the, not living on the edge, per se, but, you know, he's just, he antagonizes a lot of people, right? Yep. But here, he, you know, he gets really sad, like, you know, he just looks really awestruck and sad, because he, he was trying to do the right thing, what, what he thought was the right thing is, you know, put the man out of his misery, save the resources. Right. You have these two guys who are both thinking they're doing the right thing and they're completely different things i thought it was really humanizing for sawyer just seeing when he failed the the look on his face and the frustration he had yep and but yeah now let's, let's talk about jack though what jack does now it's it's heavily implied that jack i mean i don't even think it's heavily implied i'm pretty sure jack kills the man marshall oh i think that if to imply anything else would be <laughs> I first, I, to, to believe anything else I, I would question your judgment if. But you we were. didn't see the body, though. I mean, we said this in episode one. We're going by Game of Thrones rules here. If you don't see the body, we're unsure. No, I think we can be pretty sure that he's dead and that Jack killed him. Okay. Well, and we can be sure of that based on Jack's reaction. We can be yeah. sure of that the fact that we know he died uh, relatively quickly. Um, I mean, how do you think Jack felt when he saw that it was Sawyer that shot him and not Kate? Because when the gun goes off, you just everybody. I assume. Oh yeah, yeah. You think it's gonna be that Kate. it's Kate, right? I assumed that it was Kate. I thought it was Kate, and I have seen it Kate. before. I forgot Sawyer's the one that does it. Yeah, but but it's there's there's Sawyer, um, and so how do you think? What's Jack's reaction to seeing that? Do you suppose? To when he sees Kate and then sees Sawyer did it, or when he, when he sees that it was not Kate, but rather Sawyer, who shot the gun. Well, I. Well, so he had just in that moment, just in that moment, learned that Kate had a gun to begin with. So he was already, so he was already like in a panicked state. Yes. So to see, so he sees Kate, then he sees Sawyer has the gun. I'm trying to remember what, what did he exactly do? I think he yelled at Sawyer. So I think he was just really well, he yells at Sawyer for not for not shooting him, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, if 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 that's me and I'm Jack, hmm. I'm incredibly relieved that it wasn't Kate that shot the gun Oh, because if it's Kate that shoots the gun, then there there's all kinds of uh, complications. 
Is she shooting the guy to put him out of his misery or is she shooting the guy to uh, to benefit herself? I right? still I still think, though, that it still applies because she gave the gun to Sawyer. Like, she she was complicit with this, not crime, but, she, you know, she was on the side of killing the man and actively did so because she was supposed to hold on to the gun. She gave it to Sawyer to kill a man. I know she's not the one that pulled the trigger, but pretty darn close to it. <laughs> like, okay, so that's a good, that's a great I would point. argue that. So do we condemn Kate as a murderer because she did that? Or uh, at least do we condemn her as accessory to murder uh, for having done that? Uh, or is, is, I guess we have a couple of questions here. Is the murder of the marshal justified? Is it uh, the right thing to do? Uh, and then the other question we have is is kate if it's not the right thing to do is kate guilty by virtue of the fact that she gave the gun to sawyer so i would the marshal wants to die i think he says that right like he wants to be put out of his misery i i i would say uh no one is a criminal here you know he it extreme i can't say that word difficult circumstances uh but if you were to say it was a crime, then Sawyer was guilty of it. I think Kate is just as guilty as Sawyer is. Because, yes, she didn't pull the trigger, but, I mean, she... She knew where that bullet she, was Yeah, going. yeah, yeah. She she did it in a way pulling the trigger. <laughs> she didn't want to pull it herself, so she gave it to him knowing he would pull the trigger that she couldn't do. But does it does it add a level of trust for Kate by us that it wasn't her, that it was Sawyer. I guess, it, yeah. At, I first thought, I guess it does, because she... To I, me, I, I, don't I know. hate more. I have more respect for her, and I am more convinced than ever that she is not a bad person by virtue of the fact that it was not her that pulled the trigger. I see what you mean. Yeah. I, I I, don't think it makes her any um, better than had she been the one that shot him, in my eyes, just because she knew what was going to happen with the bullet. But I see what you mean. In fact, okay. you can go the other way and say she's being Machiavellian about it. Like, she doesn't want... Because she knows Jack... She knows Jack knows that she's a criminal. So, to, like, not look as bad, she's not doesn't want to be the one to pull the trigger, so she gets Sawyer, too. But, um, that's, yeah, I don't know, though. I, I, I don't really read into it one way. Or, I, I don't think it makes her look any better. Well, she's kind of like a Pontius Pilate character. I'm not sure if you <laughs> are, are all that... I don't that know f- what that is. No, what is that? It's a biblical character. So uh, Jesus is put before Pontius Pilate, who's like the governor of this area of the Roman Empire. Uh, and the the people who bring him to Pontius Pilate want Pontius Pilate to sentence him to death. And he basically won't do it. So he, he puts it to the crowd. Do you want me to kill this? Do you want this man to be crucified? Uh, the crowd says, yeah, we crucify him. Uh, and he basically, at that point, literally washes his hands. And this is where the expression washing your hands of it, uh, of it comes from. Um, he says, you know, th- his blood's not on my hands. I didn't it, do it. It's with the, it's with the crowd. I, th- I think Sawyer could try to do that argument, definitely. Sawyer? Eh, I think Sawyer could. Cause Sawyer I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that shot her because the whole, everyone wanted him to, though. I, like, the, the survivors wanted him. But I'm I'm hey. saying Kate is like a Pontius Pilate yeah, character. I, see I wash my hands of this. I'm not going to uh, make a decision. I'm just going to drop the gun here. If you want to pick it up and shoot the guy, that's your decision. <laughs> okay, I see. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, yeah. And, but honestly, I think that that is uh, 
two purpose there are two purposes here that well not two purposes there's an there's intention on the part of the writers here because i think that 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 does allow us to have more sympathy for kate than we could otherwise if she's the one in the tent pulling the trigger then i think we have to once again question is she dangerous is she a bad person mm -hmm. uh, because it's not her we are once again reinforced we've seen her not harm ray while she was living with him we've seen her try to save ray from the truck and now we've seen her when she had the opportunity to kill the marshal we've seen her pass up that opportunity so i think that we have three instances in this episode where we've been shown this is not a bad person uh we can sympathize with her uh and not feel like we have to take a shower after we watch the episode this reminds me of a the breaking bad uh here, let, me, let me give a quick skip ahead like a yes yeah, spoiler three, for three to four minutes spoiler warning skip ahead for breaking bad season two finale not finale but close to it i believe and it's okay. uh so jane you remember jane with the, I do. the way uh walt is around for her od do you know what the original uh like script was for that scene uh i think you've told me before but tell me yeah, again yeah so uh jane's on her side so so what happens is that jane's on her side she starts like being and then she falls onto her back and walt just doesn't help her and she dies yes the the original script was going to be that she's on her side and walt goes and puts her on her back oh so yeah. so but the, they decided you know that that kind of shows him going a little too dark too fast they felt they felt walt at that time wouldn't yeah. have done that but I've... him being eh, that's what reminds me with Kane the assistance. And I guess you are right that that level okay. of abstraction. That's interesting. I, I think, and I think that that's a, a really good analogy. I, I think you, you've really come, you're onto something here. First of all, I think that the writers of breaking bad did the right thing there because I agree that, as well, yeah. he hadn't broken bad yet. Mm -hmm. That was like a step in that direction. And I think that, you know, not saving someone certainly the heinous act but actively killing someone is is a, a bridge too far it's, it's like the five trolleys or yeah the trolley problem with the five trolleys but the trolley problem right like, probably, this deliver? is this episode of lost <laughs> is the trolley problem not i mean i guess it's not but it's, not, not quite but you can kind of think of like the medicine like you can save more people with the medicine yeah. but then you're yeah. actively letting someone die yep kind of yeah i, yeah, I can see yeah i can see but but i th i think you're right and i think that that because we've seen all these instances where kate tries to do the right thing or at least tries not to do the wrong thing uh we can have sympathy for her uh and i think that's and therefore also jack can have sympathy for her as well mm -hmm. um, now jack finishing the job uh is another situation that we should probably just discuss quickly here uh is it is it the did he do the right thing in finishing the job definitely i think okay if he was so he was already going to die painfully. Now he was gonna die even more painfully, it seemed by the way Jack described it. Mm -hmm. Um and so he yeah, he just finished him off. Like I don't know how he did it, but yeah, finished him off. I guess it was the right thing to do, I think, given the circumstances. Could you do it? No. <laughs> I don't think I could. I don't think I don't think I could do a lot of things. Yeah. I, I if if it was like just pressing a button, I could probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like actually no i don't think i could but. I, I don't think i could either and i actually um i think it i think this does make jack a more interesting character 
uh, because he has up to this point been so hell bent on preserving this. I don't even want to say saving this guy, preserving this guy. Uh-huh. Um, and he gives into that now. Uh, I, I don't think that, I don't know whether, like I said, I don't think I could do it. Uh, and I don't know whether it was the right thing for him to do or not. Uh, I think that certainly from a humanitarian standpoint, it seems like the right thing for him to do. The guy was suffering like crazy and wanted to die. Uh, I think that to put up a fight for that long and then, you know, throw in the towel when there's, what did he say? 24 hours left. Yeah. Something to me, that seems like kind of a subversion of his character a little bit, but it also makes his character a little more uh, multidimensional. So I'm good with it. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I can agree. So let's chat about the last, not the not the end uh, music scene, actually. Let's talk about when Kate and Jack are talking. Yep. Kate tries to divulge or talk about what she did, like why she is a criminal, why the marshal was after her. And Jack says, no, there's no need. We don't need to know. And I, that, yeah, no need. I, we don't need to know. We live on this island now. It's a new start. New mind, and I think this kind of relates back to the the name, the Tabula Rasa Rasa. I already forgot to say it. Tabula Rasa, that's tabula what I Rasa. And I think I think that relates back to the title of the episode. Absolutely, which which is defined as what? Oh, let, me, let me go check my notes here. You don't have to look it up. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know it already. It says right, the yeah. theory that individuals are born without built-in mental content that therefore all knowledge comes from experience or perception. So like, uh, yeah, it's the idea of a blank slate. Yeah, that, there's there's the key right there. Um, it, it's there, there's certainly part of that. Uh, everything you said is accurate, but it's basically blank slate theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning, every they're, what they're saying is everybody starts with a blank slate. What, or what? That's the theory. Uh, that you're not, you don't. All all behavior is learned. You're not born with it. Uh, it's nurture over nature, right? Um, but as it applies to this episode of lost, uh, what Jack says here is that, well, literally what he says is three days ago, we all died. We should all be able to get a start to, we should all be able to start over right earlier in the episode. Ray says to Kate, everyone deserves a fresh start. Oh yeah. So, so, and then this whole last montage, which I want to talk about in a minute too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but all of it ties into the idea of, uh, we can't say that these people have literally have a blank slate, but by virtue of the fact that they've all crashed on this Island and they're surviving, um, they all deserve a a blank slate. They all deserve to, to start at, at zero, uh, and build their relationships from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I also wanted to have noted that during my research of the tabula rasa race, whatever, the tabula thing. Tabula rasa. Tabula rasa. <laughs> <laughs> that, so it's been around since the days about Aristotle. People talked about it, but it got popularized by, do you know what philosopher? Um, I don't. John it... Locke. <laughs> oh, get out of here. <laughs> this is, right? Um, On the... I copied this from the Merriam-Webster, uh, a Latin phrase 
It translates to smoother tablets since the 16th century, but it wasn't until British philosopher John Locke championed that and the concept in some essay he wrote in 1690 that the term became widespread and popular in our language. So John Locke's when they popularized the term. Freaking Lindelhoff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I thought that I looks like you didn't do good enough research there, Mr. Sal. Ah, uh, I didn't go deep enough. Okay. That's 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 fantastic. Um, and and it makes me so much even more excited than I was about John now, Locke. Now let's start talking about John Locke. We we've waited so long. John Locke. So I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm not ready to to uh, talk about John Locke because I want to talk about this this musical montage mm -hmm. at the end of the episode right okay. before. Okay, of course. He's the last one. Okay. Yes, he is. So uh, we get this song "Wash Away," um, which is all about. I mean, I don't know if you if you listened to the song at all or looked up the song. I don't know. I heard it as it like. No, I don't you know. Heard it as it played. Yeah, right? I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't, yeah, that's about it. Well, it's a it's a song by someone named Joe Purdy. It's called "Wash Away." Okay, and it and the lyrics are things like, "I got troubles, but not today." They're going to wash away. They're going to wash away. But then it does get darker from there. It's like, I got friends, but not today. They're going to wash away. They're going to wash away. So you know, it starts very positive and it, and it kind of degenerates into something that I, you know, in the context of the song, it's probably like everything is temporary. Uh, it all eventually washes away the good and the bad. Um, but what they're using it for in the, at the end of this episode, you really only hear the positive parts. Um, and what we're seeing as you hear this song is you see Jin shows some humanity, right? Mm -hmm. he, he, he goes into his, his wife's uh, or into their little whatever enclosure that they have there. Yeah, their uh, shelter. Actually shows some affection toward his wife, right? Um, you see uh, Saeed toss an apple to Sawyer, Sawyer. right? Um, you see uh, Mike bring Vincent to Walt and reunite Vincent mm -hmm. with Walt, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the sunglasses, uh, uh, what's his name? The lifeguard. Boone. Boone. Uh, Boone gives the sunglasses back to Shannon, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all of these things, these are all uh, ways of having these relationships start over there I, when i first saw it before i was listening to the lyrics of the music you know i saw them all as kind of peace offerings you know boone giving the sunglasses to shannon uh the affection between Jin and son uh, mike giving vincent back to walt uh saeed giving the apple to sawyer uh these are all peace offerings and they're all ways for these relationships to start again uh they're all that ways of, of achieving that blank slate um so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, the one thing I couldn't make any sense of, and maybe you can, because I don't remember what it was beforehand, but Charlie is reconfiguring his tattoo to say late. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know what his tattoo said before that. I can't either. I remember he's writing on it on the first episode in the fire. Oh, okay. I can't, I, can't remember uh, I also don't know what this late means. Maybe we'll find out about that later. Uh, uh, I, that's the one thing I didn't get. But otherwise, we've got this whole big group of people that are making peace offerings with each other and giving each other blank slates, which mm -hmm. I thought was pretty beautiful. It was really good. And then, uh, well, <laughs> any, any comments about that? Uh, before? Uh, yeah, all I'll say on that is um, I didn't think, like, 
I just thought everyone's getting closer together. Like, you know, there was all positive relationships. So I was like, oh, you know, people are all getting more tightly knit. You, you really broke it down much more than I had. I, I well, these, the thing is, these are all previously negative relationships that are, are taking this positive turn, right? That's they're true, all yeah. kind of Quans, getting, yeah. they're all getting that blank slate, that tabula rasa. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I, 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 I hadn't thought about that they were all negative before. And then now they're changing to the, I thought for some of them, like, oh, Sawyer and Saeed, yeah, they they were fighting like a few days ago. Now they're tossing apples. But, I mean, but but it's not like I mean they're not best friends. They're not. They're not. But right? at least they, they some. Besides making the effort, he's yeah. offering the olive branch, or in this case, an apple. Yeah. Uh, and then this beautiful, <laughs> this beautiful montage with this beautiful song, and then we get the screeching violins around John Locke's beady little squinting <laughs> eyes this is like one scar thing oh with the scar going down the eyes and it's like oh no so what? i i don't know if you know this you might um because the image of the next one is of john Locke. the next episode mr sal oh i john know Locke, you know it's a john Locke episode i i only know this because i saw the image come up for my next you know, mm. starting in 12 yeah. seconds or whatever. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's John Locke, right? And then I go on to IMDb to do my ratings, and there's John Locke for the next episode. So I, I'm assuming it's a John Locke episode. It's so. a John Locke episode. Uh, you can see a lot excited. of John Locke. It, I think you'll really like it. This might be your favorite episode yet. Maybe, maybe, but maybe you'll hate John Locke because of the episode. I don't think, I don't uh, okay, I don't <laughs> understand this about me. You know, the villains are always my favorite characters, and Villain. I'm a. John Locke is going to end up being a villain here. Why so. do you think he's going to be a villain all of a sudden? Just because some no, it's, oranges. No I've, I've um, assumed this from day one. Just some so. oranges and some scary music makes you think he's a villain? This yeah. man is an expert backgammon player and dog whistler. <laughs> <laughs> and whittler. Don't forget whittler. Yeah, yeah, he whittled the whistle too. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. So, a lot of skills to go into that. To whittle, so. No, I, I, I'm... I'm reasonably certain that we're being set up to uh, to see John Locke as, as the antagonist on the island. Oh, oh. Uh, anything else? Do you think in terms of the episode? I I still love the episode. I love I love it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a great episode. I can't wait to see this John Locke episode next. Yeah. I think it's interesting. We it, this is not quite a bottle episode, but this is definitely a Kate episode. I would call this. I I would agree. Yeah. Cause... Yeah, because you always see Kate's past, you learn a lot more. But if if you learn about anyone the most on this episode, it's Kate. Right. I mean, we do get plenty of the other characters as well, but mm-hmm. this is this is a Kate episode, um, which is interesting because we're you know we're we're gonna have the leftovers podcast next, which is also a bottle episode. That's a much mm-hmm. more bottleish, much more bodily bottle episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, but this was this was um. I love the battle episodes. I think they're awesome uh, that Damon Lindelof comes up with. So I, I thought this was great, and I can't wait to see the next one. No, me too. So I guess that's about it. Okay. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching the podcast. Uh, feel free to email oh, us. Are they watching, actually? I guess we'll see. Okay, well, yeah, fair. <laughs> no, fair. That, uh, that's like yeah. telling a blind person to see you later or something. Like, <laughs> or if they say that to you, you know, just a form of expression. Uh, but thanks for listening to the podcast. Maybe you're watching if there's like a black screen. I don't know. It's thanks for listening to the podcast and for watching Lost. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for watching Lost, listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week. If you thank you again. If you want to email us, we have an email: showhopperspodcast at gmail dot com. 
and uh, thank you for listening.